Welcome to Picked in, in High School. School. This is a podcast where we talk about 80s films. Uh, before we start, I have to introduce myself. My name is Lex. And my name is Mez. And uh, we are Lex and Mez, or <laughs> Lexus and Meryl. Um, but I just wanted to wish you a special happy birthday for oh, yesterday, my love. Thanks, babe. Um, so tell me about your day. Did you enjoy your day yesterday? I did. I had a very nice day. We stayed in the city the night before. We went to the Hard Rock Cafe. We do love a themed restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we came home and spent some time with our children. Yes. And once <laughs> and we put them to bed, yes. what do we do? We watched my favourite movie of all time. And it's not a horror movie. <laughs> and and it's, a, it's definitely an 80s film, right? It Otherwise, is. we would be talking about this right yeah, now. Yeah, I think I saw it described as the quintessential 80s high school movie, but it's it's a goodie. This well, one. this is what peaked in high school is all about, right? It's yep. talking about specifically high school movies yes. in the 80s where people peaked. Yeah, well, this one, but this one is special. This one's peaked in the two senses of the word. It peaked us in. This is probably one of the best ones you get. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, the characters mm-hmm. in here may or may not have peaked in high school. Yep. Okay, which one is it? We are talking about The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club, the most infamous 80s film. And I think everyone we talk to when we say we're doing yes. a podcast about the 80s, the first thing they ask is about The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Club. I've had a lot of suggestions and requests for this film. It is an excellent oh, movie. Go to the people what they want, so oh, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so let's talk about the name. Why, why is it called The Breakfast Club? Okay, so I guess uh, we see these teenagers, these kids, um, having to go to school on a Saturday morning at 7 a.m. It's very early. Why on a Saturday, Meryl? These five kids, because they are in detention. Yes. Um, which is kind of funny, because I don't really think we have Saturday detention in Australia, but you did go to Saturday school for a period of time. Well, sorry. No, at my school, we did have Saturday detention. Are you detention. serious? Yeah, I, I was never bad enough to have to go to Saturday detention. Uh, some of my good friends did. <laughs> Jeff? Did Jeff go to Saturday detention? I don't think so, but yeah. Okay. Um, other right. friends of mine definitely did. I won't <laughs> name them. But you know who you are. Um, but, yeah, Wednesday. We had Wednesdays for light. Yeah. And then really badasses went on Saturday. Saturday. See, I feel like if we had have had Saturday detention at my school, I would have been. Oh, absolutely. Saturday detention. I think you would have Because I was a badass cool, in high school. Cool, um, So they sort of, I guess they nicknamed themselves the Breakfast Club. The story behind it is that um, one of the screenwriters or something, actually that's what it was called at their school. The Breakfast Club, and they kind of, I guess, Hughes, John Hughes, who wrote and directed the film, yeah. kind of took it and, and ran with it. So, so if you do know, this yeah. is a John Hughes movie. This is, yeah, this is probably, I mean, like, all his films are fantastic, but yeah. this is, like, the probably his best film. And we're consciously spacing these ones out. Mm. Obviously, we could go back to back to back to back on John yeah. Hughes movies, but uh, we're consciously making them every third or fourth, at least for the time being. Yeah. Um, so for John Hughes fans, we apologise. We know uh, we should be knocking them all off straight away. But you gotta this, wait. This one, yeah, this one, <laughs> this one's. A good and one. he wrote and directed this film. So and his debut film is that correct? No. 
This is not his debut film. I think it is. Do you think so? I think it is. What's before it? 16 Candles, wasn't it? This is 1985. Okay, sorry, 16 Candles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he wrote this before 16 Candles. Oh, okay, interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, so the, it is the Breakfast Club. They mm. are in detention for the entire day till like 4 p.m. or something. It's a long day or three, something mm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one interesting thing about this movie is that it was shot in sequence. They did one. Really? Yeah, like it, it, was, it wasn't it was shot out of order yeah. like movies are. So most people think that all movies are shot in sequence. Yeah, but it's um, unsurprising. In fact, it's not. No. <laughs> so um, it was also shot in the same high school that Ferris Bueller was so, shot in. So the other only movie I can think of that shot in sequence is Birdman. I don't know what that is. It's just one long take. It's <laughs> okay. got Michael Keaton in it. Well, you never is, seen it? No, this is not one continuous take, but it was Obviously. shot in sequence. Right. Um, and, yeah, I find that interesting. Yeah, it is, absolutely is interesting. Maybe it plays to why it's so good. Yeah, I think so. I guess because so. the characters must have evolved. Been, or the actors must have been in character at the right time. Yeah, well, apparently um, uh, Judd Nelson pretty much stayed in character on and off camera and it led to some... is a pimp, of course he would. (laughs) It led to some uh, difficulties between him and John Hughes. I can imagine. So, so, okay, so so let me just jump jump you back up to the blurb. It is about detention, but it's more than just about going to detention. Yeah. Um, It's about... It's about adolescence. I mean, it's about not um, feeling understood by your parents in particular. The cliques, you know, living up to your friends' expectations yeah. of who yeah. you are, that sort of juxtaposition of, of, of wanting to be who you are but having to, you know, downplay that and the mm. different groups. And I guess the five characters are all these sort of polar ends of Stereotypical. You know, Stereotypical, but, yeah. But different, especially in American culture, I assume. Yeah, very much. Uh, so, a little you bit know. less Australian culture, but... Yeah, but it's still there. But we all know about the jocks. We all know about, you know, the dropouts. We all know princesses, about you know, the badasses and yep, the princesses the smart, the and, and the dorks slash nerds yep. slash, you know, bookworm, whatever you want to call them. They're all well represented in this film. Mm. Um, it's a funny film because only really six people are in it. Yeah, I know. It's, um, I mean, there's the five teenagers. There's yep. the vice principal. There's the janitor. And the janitor. And then there's the parents that do the drop-off. So it's not, it's really, uh, you're right, it's a, a very small cast. Very small cast. A lot of dialogue. Yes. Um, not too much action, a little bit of action shots, mm. but a lot of dialogue. So I don't know if that's his forte, but... No, well, he said that he felt that um, he could unfold the characters better mm. in those long dialogue, like monologue type of situations. And a lot mm. of it was ad-libbed. The right. cast members lived a lot of it. Right. It's funny because Molly Ringwald and um, Anthony Michael Hall were the only teenagers. They were both 16. Yeah. I mean, obviously Judd looks a lot older. Well, he was 24. Film. He was the okay. eldest. Emilio Estevez was 23, I think, and Ali Sheedy was either 23 or 24. Cool. Um, so they're obviously the main characters. They're also known as the Brat Pack. I'm assuming yeah, these, you guys have heard of them. These are some really serious 80s This is an ense- another ensemble. Yeah. Um, Pretty much handpicked by Hughes himself. Yeah, well, Molly Ringwald was kind of his uh, version yes, of uh, what is it, Uma Thurman to, um, to Tarantino. Tarantino. Like R- Molly Ringwald was in a lot of his movies. Three more. Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, this. Yeah, they're, they're sort of the main Very ones. Three, yeah. Yeah. So you know, the, it, it's a great cast. I mean, come on. And um, and you know, and uh, what's his name, Michael Hall. 
Yeah, Anthony Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. He was in three of his other yeah. films, right? So yeah. he was also in pretty, pretty so funny. and weird science. <laughs> which we'll get to, people. We'll get oh, to. Oh, I love him. Um, so cute. Um, okay. And I guess, what does this film mean to you? This is my favourite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I watched this film very early on. Mm-hmm. I can remember watching it with my older sisters a lot of times. I think a lot of it probably went over my head at that point and, and watching it as an adult because I have watched it, this consistently through my life, mm-hmm. like over and over and over again, and it just means more to me the older I get. Um, it, it's, you know, like I still don't feel understood by my parents or people. Like it's taken me, you know, nearly 40 years to kind of, you know, be comfortable enough to be who I am and not worry about other people. And it's funny because I kind of, in this film, I identify with the character of Alison, like Ali She. Like I wasn't really, I wasn't an outcast or a weirdo, but I sort of feel like she, I don't know. I just, it's I just because like you her. steal a lot of things. <laughs> I don't steal anything, thank you very much. I was going to cheesily say you stole oh, my heart, yeah, but, um, but you know, like I just, I just like her in this movie. She's, she's sort of, she's insane. I think for like the first thirty-three minutes of the yeah, film or just something. Yeah, really. But you know, um, it, this film, it just, it really was a big part of my growing up, mm-hmm. um, and I really identify a lot with this movie. Right. You know, and it's also for me, like, it's that American teen culture. Mm. Like, I just, I, I, I adore it. You know, mm-hmm. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to confess that I didn't see it in the 80s. I want to say that you introduced me to this Did I? in the late 90s. Wow. Um, but I, I, guess we were teen- I guess we were teenagers we when were I watched teenagers. it. We were teenagers. So, I guess at the time I was like, okay, this is why everyone's talking about this film. Yeah. Um, Probably seen it five or six times with you since. Mm. Um, last night being the fifth or sixth. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess what you were saying before is that absolutely, as an adult, you still kind of remember being a teenager quite fondly. Totally. Um, and and yeah, even twenty years later, this 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 film has legs. Absolutely, it does. Um, and you can relate to you can relate to the teenagers in this film. I think. Whether it is the jock, not that I was a jock, or you're a basketball was, player. I was somewhere between Emilio Estevez and Judd Nelson. I yeah, thought see, it was I, Judd. I kind of feel like I was somewhere in between um, Ali Sheedy and Judd Nelson. Like, I, I was a bit of a badass yeah, in high yeah. school. Okay, so let's talk about when I, when I said what this means to you. You were pretty bad. I was. Let's, do you want to talk about this? What, me being bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you have some pretty good stories of, of, of why you well, were badass. Well, I don't really want to, like, talk too much about it. But You're going to play the fifth. <laughs> I think no. the statute of limitations here is <laughs> it's gone. Just, it, it, this always surprises people because I am a teacher by trade and yeah. I am studying to be a psychologist. Like, yeah. you know, like I like education. I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. But I don't deal well with authority. So people mm. get really surprised when I tell them because they think I'm like this really upstanding citizen. And I mm. am for the mm. most part. Mm. Mm. But I got expelled in year 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and why did you get expelled? <laughs> because I capsized a teacher on a canoe. But also, on I just a river trip with didn't, a teacher, and yeah. the thing is, I think teachers didn't like me because I did really well in school, but I just did, never listened. Yeah. Like, I just spent my entire time, like, talking back. Like, there's a scene in this movie where he, he, Judd Nelson just talks back and keeps getting the detention, detention week after yeah. week. That's me. Yeah. Like, I would push teachers to the absolute edge, right. and I just did not give a flying fuck about that. Like, I was just 
And has Karma bitten you? Like, I know no, you teach primary I'm school really good at behaviour management. Right. I would never teach high school, though, because right. I would never want to teach me. But in saying that, I've, ne- I've never had to really have a problem with managing children. Right, right. But I was... But you were a difficult I was a very student. difficult student. But you are a good student. Yeah, I was good. Did, I did really grade. well. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I just was... Uh, bad. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so, um, I guess my first introduction to Meryl being bad was my next-door neighbour actually taught me. <laughs> Um, and he was a couple of years older than us, um, and he Mr. was a music Cooper. teacher, Mr. Cooper. Um, and yeah. then when I told him that I'm da- who, about you and that I'm dating you, and he's like, "What's her name again? <laughs> Where does she go to school?" And he said, "We were going to school." And he was a substitute teacher at the yes. time. And to be fair, substitute teachers get copped the biggest shit. Oh, and poor Mrs. Rooney in St. Michael's back in the day we used to give her so much crap. <laughs> um, but um, but he mentioned he kind of like gave me this look like. Oh, you, you, you're dating my nemesis, that would be. I can still remember yeah, what, what I did he make you do? Well, you just... He fucking made me write lines because he was teaching music class and, like, I think it was maybe year nine or ten. I right. don't even know. And he would have been a student teacher. He was a student. And I, like, no, no, ran into the office. room and I was like, yo, what up, Coop? Yeah. Let's just say he did not appreciate that and he made me write lines. Did people laugh when you were like, yo, Coop, what up? Everyone laughed. Right. But I fucking bore the brunt of it. And because I have a really loud voice, mm. I just got blamed for everything. Right. Like one time I got blamed in English class for something I, I swear to God I didn't do. Mm. And I like basically told the teacher where to go. And then I just left school and went home. Mum's like, well, what are you doing home? I'm like, well, I got kicked out of English and mm. I didn't do anything wrong. So I just came home. And she's like, oh, all right. Mm. You know? to, well, to bring that back to the movie, <laughs> I always think, why does Judd Nelson rock up? Like, what, why does his character bend up? Maybe he because wants... Because like we're going to have two months worth of detention? Like... Because I think, uh, you know, you, you, we just bend to authority. Like, okay. we just we just fit into those sort of norms of, you know, authority in that sense. But mm-hmm. also, there may be something to do with graduation credits or something in their high schools. They have to earn a certain amount of credits before they can right. graduate. And right. maybe it's something like that on his permanent yeah. record. Okay, well, this ties nicely to the themes. So there's quite a few themes in this film. Um, you know, we touched on just being a teenager and, and stereotypes, but there's a there's a deeper theme in, in all of them having um, their own personal uh, stresses and... Um, struggles. Expectations. Struggles and expectations from parents. Yeah, that that's really a thing, isn't and it? And it's funny because all of them, even when they're different backgrounds social, social statuses they mm. had the same i guess qualm which was i have this pressure from above yeah totally so sport for this dot job grades for the nerd yeah um well the i mean ali sheedy was like ali she, they just was, ignored her was, yeah it was being ignored by you um and i guess you watch it and you, as a parent you're like i'm gonna fuck up my kid's life like no but i think and this is a point that i i feel mm. I think our generation, which is kind of on the cusp for me anyway of X and Y, is the first generation that... Oh, we're X. We are X. Thank God, because I don't... Sorry, I don't want to be part of the next one. But, you know, like, I feel like we're the first generation that really hasn't almost grown up. Like, I am not going to be that type of parent when our children are teenagers. And I reckon it's because... We've been able to extend our youth longer than any generation before us. I'm not talking about, like, wrinkles and the way you look, Mm. but I'm talking about, like, 
staying at home. Is staying at home and in just embracing popular culture and whatnot. Maybe the internet, maybe social media, maybe those mm. things have just led to us feeling like I don't feel like my mum. I feel the same way that I did ten years ago. Mm. You know, like mm. I, and I and I really think that maybe that idea of you know when they talk about how you turn into your parents. Blah, but blah, could blah. it be that every every generation is the same? Like every generation thinks that. Um, Okay, we're the immature ones, and that the 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 generation above them had it harder, or or what have you. And maybe maybe we all have the same mentality. It's just that we're at a different age. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I just feel different. I, I do feel different from what I imagine our parents oh, were like at I this age. I don't feel like a parent. You know, so but they def that that theme is the parents are this huge theme of the and, movie and a, and, and, a, and a burden and a belonging Maybe not a burden, but and I think the friendship as well because you know they talk about that about how like are we going to be friends on Monday still well no because the jock and the princess we can't talk to you you know but yeah. the the you know Anthony Michael was like well I would never do that I could talk to anyone you know mm-hmm. um so I think you know that pressure from friends and, and I'm you know, I would like to speak to my, like, nieces now who are teenagers and say, is that pressure still there, mm. you know, to belong and to and to sort of fit in? Because I never did. Like, I just did my it own thing. It probably is you know? less from parents and more from social, yeah. social media and stuff. I'm glad we didn't have to live through that because there would be some very questionable photographic evidence of my youth if there was, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, but, yeah, I mean, obviously they have to worry because everyone's got a camera now. I know. Yeah. But I think that friendship theme, and is it really friendship? You know, like Molly Ringwald's character, Claire, mm, like, mm. you know, she's she has to maintain this popular, you know, look. And I just think, oh, my God, like, when you don't even like your friends, and I feel like that's what it was like. She didn't even like her friends, mm, mm. you know, and I think that's a big thing. Like, they mm. all just want to be their own person. Yeah. And they hate what their parents are doing to them, yet they... Yeah if they fall into line with their friendship groups. Yeah, but they bonded in their... Absolutely, they did. ...in their need to talk about yeah. their you know, struggles. It's true. It's um, true. Okay, that's one of the main themes. Um, a few ones that are a bit risky is, um, I guess, the theme of of how they treat each other. Yeah. Um, so I guess I wanted to bring up with you, but it really seems strange for me how... Um, Bender, you know, mm. obviously liked uh, Claire, but would just give her the hardest yeah. time. But oh, I'm glad point, you brought that up. The beyond the point of treating me to keep me clean, he just it sounded like he straight loathed her. Well, I think or loathed who she represented. I think uh, you know, and we can kind of bring into a little bit of like translating this movie into the now times. Like mm. as a young girl and young woman, I had the experiences that she's had where peers, male peers of the same age would ask questions like, are you a virgin? Do you do this? Like really sexual stuff. And I think, you know, like perhaps we can say, oh, we wouldn't be like that now. But you know what? That is a universal experience, I'm sure, for many young women. Yeah. You know, and the way he just presses on and on about finding out whether she's a virgin and sex and boys and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you think, is this harassment? You know, and it probably, and it is, it is. but it's, it's not just in the movies. Like that happens. I've had guys speak to me like that before. Oh, no doubt. And I've heard you know? guys talk to other people like that before. Um, and I guess the nerd character even was saying, I don't want to tell people that I'm a virgin. Yeah. Um, 
because you know it's kind of like a weird teenage yeah. badge of honor. Well, Ali Sheedy talks about that. She's like, it is a trap. You're either a slut or you're a tease. And yeah. you know, I really hope that that isn't a thing anymore. But unfortunately, I think it probably Look, is. I'm sure, it is. Um, unfortunately, but I do think. You're right. It's still a topic of conversation. Absolutely. I'm guessing. Like, I'm not hanging around any 16-year-olds anymore, but I'm assuming that it still goes. I mean, went back, you know, if we just use the, I guess we were in the 90s when we were a teenager, and these with the same discussions having in the 80s, why would they not, why would yeah. they stop? Like, why yeah. would they stop? Why would it stop? Yeah. I know. Um, And it is. And, and she sort of switches to just, like, suddenly being all over him as well. Well, that's what I didn't get. Like, yeah. I don't, I know that, I told you when we watched it yesterday that, that, I thought they wrapped it up a bit too quickly. Well, I, I did look into it, and they did end up um, – Universal asked them to cut quite a bit of film time. Yeah. So I, I think there are deleted scenes, and mm. I think maybe some of them were taken out. There was apparently a scene of them – of Claire and Bender actually getting together almost, and mm. I think that that may be a problem. They should mm. have maybe put that back in. Because, yeah, no, I mean, to my point is, like, he didn't deserve – yeah. To get the girl in the end. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just thought something. Maybe it's a deleted scene. Yeah. So maybe there should be a director's cut. Not that there will be now, but yeah. Um, maybe there should be a director's cut where it kind of fills in the gap there. But it definitely felt weird that like, like I get that they bonded all of them as a group, but I didn't see the bond between the two of mm. them, um, especially since he was so like down her throat mm. every opportunity that he had. Yeah, he was relentless to the point that he's berating her. Yeah. Um. And, and and then she still kisses him at the end. Well, I think if we if we just sort of deviate for a second, talk about his character. Like, mm. he is a victim of, of physical and emotional abuse in mm. his home, mm. right? So his father beats him, mm. psychologically abuses him, verbally mm. abuses him, and, mm. very, and abuses his mother too mm. as mm. well, might I add. So... You know, he, he is this, this victim of abuse, and that and that's not an excuse, but it explains a lot of his behaviour, his tough guy persona, the way he lashes out at other people. Mm. And there's, I think Judd Nelson did an incredible job of acting in this film because in the scene where the principal hauls him into another room and threatens him and says, you know, hit me, hit me, mm. and the emotions on his face, it's like he becomes a child mm. because mm. you can see him experiencing what he experiences at home yeah. with his father. And like I said out loud, I'm like, yeah. why does he just hit him? Like, well, because he's, he's, he get, he's almost freezes, you know, yeah. because he's suddenly put in this position from another male authority figure, mm. um, you know, in a physical altercation almost. Mm. And I think, you know... A lot of his behaviour is down to the fact that he's been raised in this really dysfunctional environment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it does, like I said, it doesn't excuse it, but it explains a lot of his, mm-hmm. you know, threatening behaviour towards all of them, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's carrying a knife and stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, he's carrying a knife. Is, you know. He's got weed in his locker. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, I guess that's another thing. Do, do we want to talk about it? <laughs> yes. Okay, so they, they there's a scene where they smoke. The joint. Yeah. Um, I was surprised that they were all in on it. Well, I was surprised that uh, Andrew, the, the jock, smokes it because he talks about having this massive meet the following Saturday, and I just wonder if they drug test wrestlers, you know. Well, I think that's school. what he even said that. He's like, I've got to meet. Yeah. But he's still... I don't think they drug test. Yeah. High school? I don't know. I'm not sure. And I don't think weed's performance enhancing <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. It's, a, it's such a good, a funny scene. It, it, yeah. Without saying too much, it brings back some good memories. 
Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. But, you know, like... It's but it's just, part, uh, another part of, I guess... Um, absolutely, of adolescence, teenage rite you know, of passage, right? Of, yeah, um, yeah. And it was kind of... It's just fun to watch, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's not a weed movie by any stretch of the imagination. No, either, not at all. But, but there is a scene of weed. Um, a drug taking... Just on the themes of adolescence and whatnot, um, it's a little bit of foreshadowing and kind of a bit scary... Brian, the dork, the you know brain character. The reason that he's there is because he bought a gun, which, Ooh, good point. which turns out to be a, f- flare, a flare gun which to makes school. It, gives it a bit of and it blows up relief. his locker. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, like I think if we talk about guns in schools in America currently, mm. we're mm. thinking about them pulling a gun out and blowing everyone up, you yeah. know, just shooting everybody. Absolutely, but a, but a it's topic right now. It is very topical, but yeah. it's not actually he was going to kill himself. Himself, yeah. You know, and so your first thought watching it now is, oh god, he was going to shoot everyone up, but mm. no, he was he was going to take his own life because he got an F in shop, mm. like, and and that was his thing. He'd never, you know, dragged down his GPA, blah blah blah. But I think that's, you know, kind of a scary foreshadowing of a really topical and terrible issue right now. Yeah, I mean, you know that I grew up a lot with that. I went to an all-boys school and the year below me, six guys committed suicide, Um, uh, one of my best friends included. And not obviously in the same year, but it kind of has this domino trigger effect. It does, it does, Um, yeah. uh, Which is really sad And, and, and a lot of it's, you know, I guess today's... Men's health is definitely something that people try and talk about more and more. And I guess mm. back in the day, it was harder because men wouldn't talk out loud about these sort of things or at least mm. bottle their emotions in. Um, but, yeah, for me, it was an everyday thing. Mm. To the point where, you know, after the sixth person from that year committed suicide, well, I'm like, well, this is just normal behaviour. Yeah, that's scary. It is scary. Mm. Um, again, I'm not in that high school seen at all anymore so i don't know if it's still going on maybe we should talk to some of our high school friends teacher friends um but at the time it was rampant yeah and i've heard statistics like australia's got the worst yeah we have really high rates of male young male suicide it's quite shocking actually yeah um so you know but that that's that isn't an interesting sort of you know it kind of kind of snuck that conversation yeah like like, oh oh they're talking about something really deep right now yeah and then they and then they make the joke about hey, it was a <laughs> flare, it wasn't a real gun. Um, yeah. And they just start laughing yeah. because it's kind of funny. Well, they in a, probably in a morbid you know. sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, that ties it back to the pressure from the parents who felt yeah. so bad because he got an F in shot. Mm. He was expected to get A's that he that he would kill himself or at least attempt or think about killing yeah, himself. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty deep. Very deep. Yeah. yeah. Okay, lighten it up a little bit. What makes this film 80s? <sighs> the clothes are very 80s. I do love the clothes. I love Claire's oh, brown boots in this, oh, this movie. Judd Nelson's character, <laughs> Bender, is amazing. His outfit is amazing. Yeah, the hair is very good. Yeah. Um, when she does the makeover on Ali Sheedy, it's, it's so such good 80s makeup. Good 80s makeup. Um, the music as well is, is very 80s. The soundtrack, mm, yeah. um, the setting, mm. uh, you know... I think there's no phones again, which is very nice. No phones. You know. Um, smoking inside. I yeah, thought that was a bit smoking weird. inside. Smoking, full stop. Smoking, full stop. Um, but in saying that, I don't think it's hugely overtly <laughs> 80s. Like, it's not cheesy 80s. Mm. No. I think you could, it's, yeah. Well, it kind of blends in a bit of 70s too, I guess, because they're, you know, I guess 
uh, Bender wanting to be a rock star, or at least alluding <laughs> to doing, um, you know, air guitar and stuff like that. Yeah. And singing Sunshine of My Love and stuff like that. That, that comes from the late 70s. Do you know what's funny, though, is that the library set that it's set in was actually constructed in the gymnasium of that high school. Oh, really? Yeah, so they actually built it. I was going to talk to you about the, the yes. library itself. Um, but, no, I mean, I thought it was a, a strange, large library. It's a very large library. So the school that it's filmed in is um, North Main High School, which is now yeah. a closed high school. It closed in 81 or something, and yeah. they, it's now government buildings. But anyway, they filmed the interior of Ferris Bueller there and this right. movie as well. So it's been used for quite a few sort of notable movies. Cool. Um, but, yeah, so they, they, they were able to construct what they wanted in there because there wasn't actually students in there at that time. Mm. Um, and now it's just government buildings and whatnot. Okay. So, yeah. But, again, set now. So it's not Sherman High School? <laughs> Sherman. You want Sherman to be so real, <laughs> don't you? I want, I want it to be real, too, babe. I, yeah. I do too. Yeah. But, yeah. again, Chicago area. But as libraries go, that's probably a good library. It's a pretty good library. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought you like a as nice a librarian, library. you'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a very heaps nice of space. Library. Yeah, um, there's a lot of space. Nice two, two levels of yeah, two sculptures levels, in the middle. Sculptures, yeah, yeah, yep, very, some sound rooms. Yeah. Our library school wasn't that no, good. No, neither, yeah. neither. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, your favourite line of the movie? You know, I think we spoke about this last night. There, there isn't a lot of um, – it, it's more of a really back-and-forth dialogue. It's very heavy dialogue. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that there's ones that one really line stand of, out. Yeah. but. I think I like it when Ali Sheedy talks about, you know, like they're like, what's your problem? She's like, my home life is unsatisfactory. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. You know, oh, she just teenager. tells it like it is. She's yeah. like, my parents ignore me. Yeah, you, you know, know like okay. it's just really, yeah. I, I do I do like that yeah. line. I mean, I like all of Judd Nelson's but lines. But also, the, you know, I heard a ruckus. Can you describe the ruckus? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Judd Nelson <laughs> yeah. falls through the yeah, roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. That's pretty funny. Um, Obviously, I like the uh, does Barry Manilow. <laughs> does Barry Manilow know? Yeah, well, there's your '70s throwback. That suit that the vice principal, yeah, true, yeah, vice yeah. principal who makes thirty, I make thirty thousand. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. He's like, oh my I'm not gonna have a little shit like you. Tell me what to do. I make thirty-five thousand dollars a year. I'm pretty sure I made that amount when I was working at Kmart. But anyway, okay, all relative. I'm sure it was good money back then. But Jesus. Um, and your favorite scene? My favourite scene, I think, is probably the one with the dancing, where they're just like, you know, sort of the iconic dance yeah, moves. I what's love up with that. that. Or when they're doing unison, that's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, it's so good. It's um. But when Amelia Estevez starts just going <laughs> gymnastically nuts <laughs> and no, screams and breaks the window, it came out of nowhere. Dancing. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I do love that scene. But I also like it when um, Judd Nelson is, is crawling through the rafters. That's kind of cool too. He falls and he's the telling roof. himself a joke. <laughs> yeah, which he just never finishes, by the way. Right, yeah. Apparently, there's like a, a thousand-page-long Reddit forum about how that joke could possibly end. <laughs> could end. How funny. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. Um, so I don't think there's any remakes or sequels or spin-offs. Um, um, no. So there was – they talked about remaking it. Yeah. Um, but, like, setting it in, like, an airport with adults or something stuck together, like, waiting mm. for a flight. Um, I hope they never remake it. This well, film is like, – I feel like it's been used as inspiration for other things. Oh, absolutely. So when we're watching it, you, you said – You know – is, is the Simpsons take – lines from this yeah so and also, obviously judd says eat, my, eat shorts. my shorts but also in that um not another teen movie me. 
They reference oh, this a lot in would. that movie. Yeah, yeah. And Johnny I mean, is high. Isn't Molly Ringwald in she that? She is yeah, in that movie. Okay. Of fucking teenagers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, she's um, in that movie. But yeah, I mean, a lot of those themes get recurring oh, to. I don't know. Yeah. Thirteen Reasons Why is obviously. Yeah, a new absolutely. One. Um, um, Stranger Things. Stranger I feel things. like it's you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of um, other shows and movies get inspiration from it. Um, do you think there should be a remake? No, I don't think there needs to be a remake. Mm. I think that it's uh, perfect as it is. Mm. I don't know. I don't think it needs to be remade. It, right. I, I guess when you think about a remake, you think about possibly making it better. And I don't know how you could make this film any better. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of my favourite movie, Chasing Amy, in this as well. I think mm. Kevin Smith draws a lot of inspiration from uh, yeah, he would have been a John child, teenager Hugh. of the 80s, And he? he references him. He references him a lot. Yeah. Like, like he, no, he references all his favourite directors, but he references him a lot. Um, okay, we talked about the setting. Uh, we don't really have to talk about that again. Um, but let's talk about topics that wouldn't fly in today's yeah. world. There's so, quite so, a few. So, so it is a pretty... Yeah, so I think, you know, I touched on it with the with the overt sort of sexual conversations and, yeah. and almost um, demeaning talk from him. Mm. Now, do I, I – I think, unfortunately, it is still a thing. Like, I'm sure yeah. that there are the, those type of conversations that go on in, in youth, adolescence, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. But I do think that – and like you said before, because I've read it too, the article that Molly Ringwald wrote in light of the Me Too movement regarding John Hughes's – sort of some of his more misogynistic take on things. Yeah. Which, and she talks about it, how at that time, like when, uh, you know, Bender is under the desk and looks yeah. at her undies and like, yeah. she, you know. Which is not really her. No. It's sort of stunt double, obviously. But, but that probably wouldn't be a scene that would be put into a film today. But I, I have no doubt that there are teenage boys that, yeah like it's gross but you know um, what i mean there's always gonna be perverts right oh um, yeah especially you know 16 year old boys yeah teenagers but there's um, a yeah there's a couple of lines i mean we joke about it but but um you know the words faggots are written yeah in the like that is wouldn't fly anymore yeah definitely uh, we talk about the smoking probably wouldn't fly obviously you can't smoke inside anymore let alone in school but um, i don't think you could ever smoke in your high school anyway i mean i um, but yeah so i think that that's probably it probably is a theme also hmm. again uh it, it is a bit of a whitewashed movie like we don't see any uh, diversity again in and film. that's a topic in her in yeah, her uh, article you know, um, which is, I guess, um, indicative of the time. Yeah. Well, as I guess well. in the article, she kind of, she kind of questions why John Hughes is so good at tackling certain certain yeah, topics, he, but very, has strayed completely away from the um, female, the female empowerment of, yeah. or a female um, maybe, just equalism. Maybe really. he just didn't feel qualified or, or, or knowledgeable enough to talk about those things. Um, yeah. We'll put the link to the article in, in the... Can I just say that there, there is a female director, Amy Heckling, who yeah. did Clueless and some other films. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she was actually a writer on Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. She really is good at tackling yeah. that that point of view. And I think maybe it's because she's a woman. I don't know. She references yeah. her yeah. years. Yeah. But you're right. He is very good at the teenage sort of taking on that 
point of view and writing from that point of view. Mm. And, you know, he was like 34 or something when he wrote this mm. film, so he mm. wasn't that far removed from mm. it. Mm. But it is a shame that he didn't sort of address more of those issues. No, I guess you only have your own perspective, but mm. um, no, Molly Ringwald does mention her and says, mm. hey, at least she gives um, Fast Times Original High a little bit of a female perspective. Yeah, she um, does. She's like, yeah. but you're still seeing the babe in her bikini. Oh, yeah. Keeps happening. But, but she does talk about how that was the time. And I it think it's time. really important to remember and, that. And we'll probably review Meatballs or Porkies or something as well. Because yeah. there was part, you know, very focused on... Ass. Yeah, very yeah. focused on teenage boys. But it was still part of the movies. Like, yeah. I mean, we liked the bikini shop, for example. I but that's what it was. Shop. That was what it was all about, really. <laughs> um so, but she mentions that his origin he originally comes from National Lampoon's. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was a magazine. So I'm yeah. assuming it's kind of like a mad magazine. Yeah, or, he came from writing that real sort of smutty, yeah, teenage boyish yeah. type so of humor. I think Meatballs is National Lampoon. Yeah, and he um, had to check himself a bit. And yeah, but, and there's, I guess it's a learning curve. But well. she also talks about her and Ali Sheedy asked him to cut a scene from the movie where... Um, Multiple scenes. Apparently there was like meant to be a synchronised swimming yeah. practice meet at the school at the same time and mm. it was all like about the boys perving on the locker room. And they went up to them and said, we don't like this and mm. explain why and he cut it. Yeah. You know, so maybe he just yeah. wasn't... I'm not saying... I don't think he was misogynistic at all, but I think he was maybe just not aware. Well, either either intentionally ignored it because mm. he didn't have a place to talk about it mm. or was just oblivious. Yeah. Um, and God rest his soul. Part, because... part of the times is that that was, yeah. that was the norm. I don't want to talk badly about it. No, I don't want to talk badly. Because he's like... But like I said, I think we'll put the link in the, in the yeah. comments. So you guys but she does it. also go on to say how grateful and how much she loved him and oh, stuff. Oh, well, she, you know? she recognises that he was the one that put faith in her. Yeah. He actually like listened to her. And yeah, like, oh, he I don't did. I want to take this, this scene out of the movie. Okay, we'll take it out. Yeah. Or because that a scene like that in this movie would have taken it into a totally different direction yeah. and taken away from so much of the sort of realness and rawness and and importance of this movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, and meaning. Yeah. So I'm very glad that you listened to it. I, I am too. Um, <laughs> do we think millennials will get this? Song? Yeah, I think they probably would because I think anyone who's been through adolescence can relate to this film so much. Mm. Um. And like I said, I don't think it's so overtly 80s that it's dated that badly. Mm. I, I, I actually, in a way, I almost feel like this is a good film to sit down and watch with your preteens mm. to explain to them, you know what, if a guy is talking to you like this or it's whatever like or this or, you know, you don't need to fit in or this. I think there's some very good le- lessons to be learned from this movie. Mm. Mm. I, I I agree. I think it's, it's timeless um, outside of the outfits. It, yeah. The themes are still topical. Yeah, we're still talking. Absolutely. Um, the soundtrack. Oh. I said to you before, it's got one great song. The rest. Well, of no, it's got the, the the We Are Not Alone song, which they dance to as well. I like that song. But yeah. the Don't You Forget About Me song by Simple Minds. Well, they didn't write it, but and they had an issue with singing it because they didn't write it apparently, yeah, but they took it. it on. But I was always like, I want that film that that song played at my funeral. <laughs> it's such well, a that, good song. So how many times do they reckon they play it? In the... Oh, quite a few. Yeah, to me, it's kind of like. The Gangster's Paradise of Dangerous Minds. Maybe they overplayed yeah. it a bit, but it's so synonymous to the film. That, uh, like, as soon as you hear that song, you think of the film. Yeah. Um, it still plays a lot, nice. that song, too. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, overall rating. Well, this, Are you going to deviate from your No, tennis? this is my favourite <laughs> fucking movie of all time. So right. regardless, even if it wasn't, I would still give this film a 10 out of 10 because yeah. it's 
mean it's so meaningful yeah and it's so well done and yeah there's a few hiccups you know and and we've talked them through but mm. it's just you can feel this film inside of you. Like it's, you know, it speaks to you. Mm. It speaks to the teenage you. It speaks to the now you. And, and every time I watch it, I just, oh, it just draws me back into that sort of cultural American, mm. you know, love that I have so much. Mm. It's mm. such a good movie. Yeah, look, I, you know, you I'm know, still surprised that I that you hadn't watched it until we did. I forgot about that. Yeah, I think I think I lied to you at the time. Like, yeah, <laughs> I've I've seen it. Yeah, because yeah. um, I didn't want to admit that I didn't. But yeah, um, I probably won't give it a ten for no. one reason only, and that's because they they rushed the end. Yeah, yeah, I hear. Um, I so I'll give it a nine and a half. I'll All go right. as far as to say. Good work. Um, Good man. So you're not going to yell at me again. I'm not going to yell at you. Um, okay, well, that's it for today. Um, so don't forget to email us any questions or if you have yeah. any requests, um, it's thepeakedpod at hotmail.com. <laughs> Retro. Retro. And, uh, and follow us on Instagram at thepeakedpod. We um, we will have to pick up our act a bit. I have just come out of the other end of end of semester. Yeah. And um, I now have four glorious months to focus on the podcast. We're all ready to work, people. Um, but, yeah. New to Apple, so if you can yes, find us on we're Apple. we're now on Apple and um, Spotify. Yeah, like, subscribe, share. share. Tell other people about us. Yeah. Um, they'll be appreciated. And look, we really appreciate you listening. We do. All right, peace. Bye. So say good night to the bad guy. Yeah, I got a question. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? <laughs>